It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. You can email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. You can call into the show, 405-362-7128, 7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into five bold predictions about this Oklahoma City Thunder team. We're also going to do a rare Tuesday stock watch where we're going to be buying and selling five preseason overreactions. I'm also going to give my take on what's happening around the NBA right now with these regional sport networks and why most of you will not be able to watch the Thunder this season and kind of what goes into that as well. So we're going to get it started with the five bold predictions for this season. Five things that I think will happen. I also think they're kind of bold. If you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, let me know as well at Ryland underscore styles on Twitter. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So I want to start with number one, and that is that Shea Giddes Alexander will be a 25-point-per-game score this season. You look at what he was able to do last season with 19 points per game, leading the team in scoring, and that's while he was sharing shots with Chris Paul, with Dennis Schroeder, with Gallinari, with Steven Adams. Everyone is gone now. Everyone on that list is gone now. And so Shea, even as a leading scorer on that team, will now be handed more and more shots. He'll have a higher and higher usage rate as the lead ball handler. I think that he is going to ascend this season into this stat machine. I really do. I think that it will improve his assists per game. I think that with this new 
pace, you know, space and pace style of play. You could even see him improve his rebounding numbers. And of course, I have him elevating to 25 points per game. So I think that Shea is in line for him fantastic year, a monumental year for him, a step in the right direction as he tries to become that top 15 player in the NBA. I've said that that's kind of his ceiling. We've had multiple media members on this podcast say the same thing. I think that this is a step towards that this season. He looked very comfortable in that first preseason game. You do not want to overreact to a preseason game. But I will say, when you mix in how comfortable he looked and how much in control he looked of this offense, you mix that with he was missing some pretty important pieces of this team as seven players were inactive on Saturday. You put that all together, and it really helps me feel more comfortable predicting that he'll have 25 points per game. So with all of that being said, it's an easy segue into my number two bold prediction, which is that he will win most improved player. Now, these predictions will get more and more bold as we continue to to dive into them. As we get to number five, it's really going to be spicy. But for Shea, I think winning most improved player is something that a lot of people have him doing, especially here in Oklahoma. But there's even some national people have him in the running, have him even taking home the award. But I think that Shea is going to be able to to pull this off. My only thing with Shea in the MIP award, most improved player, I wonder how the media members will who get the vote will view his season, right? Will, will they view it through this prism of, well, they traded away, as we mentioned, Paul Schroeder, Gallo, Adams, they traded all those guys away, of course he's going to improve his numbers. Of course this will happen. Or will they take it case by case and see how he's producing those numbers? Because that's an important thing in all of this. I don't think that these numbers will be inflated only because he got the shots. I think he's still going to be very efficient. I think he's still going to be very good. And I think that, yes, it's the chicken or the egg argument of will this happen if he has multiple good players around him? We'll see. But on the other hand, I don't think it's going to be empty stats. You hear that all the time about guys who just get to jack up shots. And so, of course, on on this volume of opportunity, they're going to compile stats. I think that Shea will have a volume, but also good efficiency. So that's why I would vote for him to win MIP if he does what I think he's going to do, even on a bad team. But will other media members who do get an actual vote, would they go the way of who is most improved, but also who is most improved on the best team? That's an interesting aspect. I mean, you can look at Devontae Graham last year with the with the Hornets. If the Hornets are a little bit better and they get into the bubble and, and they get into that play-in, does Devontae Graham get more votes towards most improved player? Who knows? Who knows what people thought was the deciding factor in all of that? Now, I, I predicted Ingram would win. He did win, so I was right about that. But still, Devontae Graham, I think, deserved a little more of a you know, a little more of a seat at the table as, as the conversation went around that award. So how will the media, by and large, view Shea's season? Because let's be honest here, we see the award voting, right? We, we see that there are some media members out there who do not take these votes seriously, who just kind of throw the votes willy-nilly. And you're going to have to work to watch the Thunder. Now, a point in his favor, Shea's favor, will be that I think that this Thunder team, as you know, if you've listened to the show, will be a very fun and competitive one. I don't care about the wins-loss record. I think that just the product that they're going to put on the floor will be a good one, even if they lose. And even when they lose, I think it will still be a good product. So I think that that's going to help people want to watch this team. It will not be a dreadful team to watch. But it will be harder to watch this team. I mean, there's there's literally zero national TV games in the first half of the season. 
And if we do not expect them to be in the postseason hunt in the second half, you know, come the All-Star break, why would the NBA reverse course and put them on national TV in the second half? Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So you can operate under the assumption this team will not have any national TV games. They have one game this season so far in the first half that will be on somewhat national television, which a lot of people do not count, but I will count it, uh, NBA TV. It'll be against the 76ers. So that's one opportunity that if you do not have league pass or if you do not want to kind of dive into uh, you know these local rebuilding teams, that you can watch them. You can watch them play the, the 76ers on NBA TV. But by and large, it will be harder to watch Shea this year. So will media members do that? Will they take the time to do that? Because Brandon Ingram, while he played on the Pelicans, who finished like, what, 10th last year? He also played with Zion, and Zion also allowed the Pelicans to have a 1,000 national TV games last year. So it was very easy to catch what Ingram was doing. He was not doing this under the radar, right? He, he was not doing this, you know, on regional networks, which we'll get to of how difficult it would be to watch those games now. So Shea not being visible might hurt him. Uh, people might viewing this this team as a rebuilding team might hurt him as well because they're just going to view this as, of course, he got that improvement without the players around him. But I still think he wins the award. I think all that being said, those are things that can go against him winning the award, but I'd still think that he's going to be good enough to where it's unquestionable that he's the MIP. Number three, I have Darius Baisley being the second leading scorer on this team, even with George Hill, and we start there with George Hill. I think that George Hill will have a good impact on this team, but he's going to be gone, I think, at the deadline. So you're going to knock him out for half a season from Oklahoma City's totals. Without Horford, I think he's going to be here the whole season, but I think that, again, with the Thunder not having any national TV games, the league is allowing players to load manage on non-national TV dates. So I think that you could see him load manage when these number of games start racking up. You're playing three and four nights. You're playing back-to-backs. I think that you could see Al Horford load manage a little bit to where that'll bring his numbers down a tad. And then like everyone else, I'm expecting a huge leap from Darius Baisley and somebody has to get the shots. So if you're a starter on this team, which I think Baisley and Shea are, and so is Al Horford, I think that those are your three locks and then we can play around with the next two. I would throw Dort in that lock category as well. With that being said, he's going to have ample amount of opportunity to score and to score probably every night as a young guy who wants to play every single night if he's healthy. I think he's going to be your second leading scorer. So that's a bit of a more spicy take than Shea with 25 and winning the MIP. Now we move into number four. Speaking of Al Horford, I have him revamping his career. He spoke with us in the media today for the first time as a member of the Thunder. It was his first practice, so the so the team is able to make him available to us. So that was really good on their part. And he did all the right things in this interview, right? I mean, he 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 hit all the right notes of of being this veteran who is going to take everyone under their wing and, and who's going to try to instill a culture and try to help any way he can and grow these young guys. He had all the right notes and he's already starting to take on that veteran presence. And and, and again, this is what Chris Paul did, right? He had all the right notes. He, there was no drama. There was no, I don't want to be here. There was no get me out of here as soon as possible. There was no, I'm only here until I can get to my next stop. There was none of that. And that's why Oklahoma City loved him so much. And that's why I think his image changed around the NBA. Al Horford's doing that same thing already through one media availability, through one practice. And I think that Al Horford, we've mentioned it countless times if you're a constant listener to this podcast, I think that he changes the way you look at him off the floor, but also on the floor. I think that this is a much better role for him. This offense with Mark Dagnott, I think that this is a much better way to to utilize his skill set and that he can show you he can still play. That was an awful fit, probably the worst fit in the NBA for him next to Joel Embiid. He now goes back to playing traditional center and being the only big man on the floor. And I think that that's really good for his game. So I think that Al Horford, number four, 
is worth a first-round pick next year. Not going to be a, an amazing first-round pick, but still worth a first-round pick next year in the offseason. Once again, a heck of a turnaround in his value. A heck of a turnaround. You got a first-round pick for taking him. You get a first-round pick for giving him, in my opinion, is what's going to happen with Al Horford. Now, number five, which might be my hottest take of these bold predictions, I have Teo Maldon receiving at least one Rookie of the Year vote. I think Teo Maldon is going to be entrusted with the second unit as the lead ball handler. I think that he is going to shine. I think that he is going to catch the attention of all of these media members. And you you know the names. You know the guys who like to throw votes at, at, at people and, and say, oh, I'm so much smarter than the average person. I know how good Teo Maldon has been this year. I've been watching the Thunder. There, there's some of that with Rookie of the Year, right? I mean, you saw it with Brendan Clark leaping up in, in, into the top three last year. There's some of that smart guy, look at me, I, I know about Teo Maldon, to where I think that he's going to get votes in the Rookie of the Year category because he's going to play so well and he, and he was going to deserve it. And it'll be a kind of a nod to him. Everyone will understand he will not win it, but you do also understand that whoever will win it, you know, whether that's Lamelo Ball, Obi Toppin, whoever wins it is going to have a comfortable margin to where media members feel comfortable giving a head nod and a hat tip to Tail Maldon in his fantastic rookie year. So I think that he'll get a vote in this whole process. I think he's going to be that good. And I think he's a first-round talent. We saw that Saturday. I think we're going to continue to see him. The big point of all this is what we said yesterday. Saturday was a starting point for Teo. It was not the destination. And that's a heck of a starting point. That is a heck of a starting point. I don't even care about the stats. I care about what it looked like. And what he looked like was an under was an under control veteran who knew his way around the court, who knew how to play NBA basketball. And if that's your starting point, your rookie season is going to be better than most. It'll be better than most for sure. So I think that that maturity will help him a lot and will get him that rookie of the year vote. Not going to win the award, but it'll get him a vote. Coming up, I want to review some preseason overreactions and tell you which ones I'm buying, which ones I'm selling. Also, I want to get to the James Harden saga continuing and how the regional networks are going to cross the line here and they're going to push themselves far off a cliff with what they're doing this NBA season. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes. We are excited to tell you about 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful commitment ring. Launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNeal.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is an iconic, and timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers, working exclusively with sustainable sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this is an exciting limited time collection of diamond engagement rings launching on January 18th. You can preview it exclusively at BlueNeal.com. That is Blue, B-L-U-E. N-I-L-E dot com. Check them out today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. We have a jam-packed schedule for you every single day. We're producing content. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Today, we're going to continue the five predictions. We got the five bold predictions in segment one. We're going to have the five preseason predictions in segment two. Also, on Wednesday's show, we're going to preview the Bulls game, but also we're going to do bets of the year, over-under bets, prop bets, everything that you want bet-wise, we're going to have it. On Thursday, we're going to recap that Bulls game, give our final roster projections as the roster should be finalized this weekend. Uh, So we're going to do that on Thursday. On Friday, we're going to preview the second Bulls game of the preseason and the final preseason game. On Monday, we're going to recap that final preseason game, talk about the entire official Thunder schedule. And we're going to do an entire NBA preview, just the entire season, who's winning what awards, who's making the postseason, who's going to win the championship, everything you need about the NBA season we're going to do on Monday. And then on Tuesday, as the NBA starts their season, we're going to preview the Thunder season with special guests, special predictions, bold predictions, hot takes, everything you need on the season prediction show. We're going to do that on Tuesday before the two games that open the season, which will be Brooklyn and Golden State, as well as the... Battle of LA. And then on Wednesday, it's game time. We're going to preview the Rockets game to start this to start the year against Houston. First regular season game on Thursday. We're going to recap that game. And then on Friday, on Christmas, you're still getting an episode because we have to preview the Hornets game. So there's so much to do on Locked On Thunder. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast that happens every single day about your Oklahoma City Thunder. So I want to continue with this five theme, and we're going to do five of the preseason overreactions that I'm buying or selling on a very rare and special Tuesday edition of Stock Watch. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. And so it's time for a special Tuesday episode of Stock Watch. We normally do these on Friday's show as a segment, uh, but if you don't know what Stock Watch is, we're going to be buying and selling stock of storylines and players and things like that. You always hear this term if you're on NBA social media or just consuming NBA content of, I'm going to buy all the blank stock I can. I'm going to keep track of that. I'm, I'm, not just gonna, I'm not just going to say it and throw it out there. I'm going to keep track of whose stock I bought and sold, and we'll see if I'm right for doing so uh, later on down the line. So we're going to do five preseason overreactions. Am I buying them or selling them right now today? Number one is Taylor Horton Tucker. This guy has been everywhere. You cannot escape THT. You just can't do it. It's like Alex Crusoe-mania, only I think that Taylor Horton Tucker could be better than Alex Crusoe. I am buying this stock, but I'm not going to go crazy, right? His 33-point-per-game effort, his 33-point-game effort is not who he's going to be in the NBA. But I do think he's going to be a very valuable NBA contributor. I think he's going to be a very valuable valuable player. And honestly, if you want to have a realistic prediction for what Taylor Horton Tucker can do, who I liked out of his draft, I think that he can supplant what Kyle Kuzma was. And I think that he can be the new Kyle Kuzma, but also be what everyone thought Kyle Kuzma could be. 
probably not all-star level, which is which at one point people thought about Kyle Kuzma, but as a starting level or really good bench player, I am buying the fact that THC is an actual NBA contributor this year and not just this preseason storyline, but I'm not going to go so far and act like he's going to pop off for 30 points in, the, in an actual NBA game, uh, but I'm buying THC stock. Number two, the narrative that LaMelo Ball is running away with Rookie of the Year, I'm selling it. Now, let me do some qualifiers here. I'm not saying that, that LaMelo Ball will not win Rookie of the Year. I'm not saying that you're you're silly for predicting him to win Rookie of the Year. You're going to see who I predict to win Rookie of the Year next week, as we talked about. But I'm selling the narrative. I'm not selling LaMelo, but I'm selling the narrative that he's just going to run away with this thing. And that after this Raptors game, that, that you can just crown him Rookie of the Year. Because I, I understand the flashy passes and the highlight plays. And he's going to elevate the Hornets into one of my top league pass teams I'm going to watch. He's going to have that pull and that gravity. But in terms of winning Rookie of the Year, he had four turnovers against a very lackadaisical Raptors defense that did not have Kyle Lowry. Now, the Raptors defense is typically incredible. The Raptors defense typically will adjust in the regular season like it would in the postseason. And they still do not have Kyle Lowry, one of the best defenders in the NBA. And you still had four turnovers. And we're still careless with the ball. Still did not shoot very well. I want to see him play against the real NBA defense. It's playing intense and, and playing with intent the entire game. Before we just start crowning him Rookie of the Year. Number three is John Wall being back. He, he's back to what he was. Look at John Wall go. I'm selling that for now. I hope that's true. I really do. But I think that John Wall just playing basketball is an accomplishment enough. I don't think that there should be any pressure on him to be back to what he was before his injuries. At least not this year. Let him work into literal basketball shape. But also the fact that I don't see John Wall and Boogie Cousins coming together and making this Rockets team good. Because at some point, you're not going to have James Harden. Now, when will that be? When will they trade James Harden? I don't know. But at some point, you will not have James Harden. And so you're looking at a team that's comprised of Wall, Cousins, Christian Wood. You're looking at this team. They're not going to be very good. And John Wall's not going to will them to anything. So I'm selling that he's all the way back to what he once was. But I'm buying the storyline of John Wall because I'm so happy for him to finally be playing basketball again. I'm just so happy. And I hope that he stays healthy. And I'm rooting for him. I am so rooting for John Wall. But let's not get carried away here with the fact that he's back on the court. And on that note, it takes number four. Number four, the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the East. Once again, there needs to be some qualifiers here. I'm selling the fact that these people are out there saying, just crown the Nets already. Look what they did in, the, in their first preseason game, just crown them already. I don't think that you're silly for predicting the, the Nets to win the East. And I think that the Nets are... Part of why the East is going to be so compelling this year, which you have not been able to say typically, but they're among the teams that can go all the way. And I loved watching Kyrie play yesterday. I loved watching KD play yesterday. I know that's a, that's a cardinal sin to say as host of Locked on Thunder, but I loved watching those two guys play. And, and that pairing went a long way yesterday in impressing me that they can work together. However, Beating the the Wizards, who did not have Russ, who did not have Bradley Beal, who did not have Duff's Bertans, beating them was not something that made me think, why even play this season? Just give the Nets the pass to the championship from the East. But it did impress me. And it did make me think, wow, 
I'm going to love watching Brooklyn play this year. So I'm buying Brooklyn as a team, and we'll see if I predict them to go to the NBA Finals. But let's not get carried away in saying that they're the best team in the East already or that they're going to just steamroll through everyone in the East. Let's not do that yet. And then number five, Jeremy Grant. And I throw this in here because of the connection that Jeremy Grant and Oklahoma City share. This is where Jeremy Grant really came onto the scene and where he really turned into a, a valuable NBA player. He was a castaway, and then this developmental staff got him to be a very, very crucial part of the Thunder and also the Nuggets, and now trying to get him to be the guy in, in, in Detroit. I know that he went one for 11. I know he did not play well, and it's Pistons debut. I get all of that. But I'm selling this narrative that Jeremy Grant can never be the guy over a preseason game. Now, if I had to bet money, could Jeremy Grant be the leader of your team and your team be good? I'm betting no. But I'm not going to act like that is a for sure 100% correct opinion over a preseason game. And especially over a preseason game in which he's on a team in which that does not maximize his talent, does not maximize his strengths. This Pistons team went all in on, on Jeremy Grant, but did not go all in on Jeremy Grant of what he needs, right? So they invested in him, they paid him like the number one option, but then they did every other thing this offseason to take away from him being the number one option, bringing in 50 million centers. That's not going to work well with his skill set. So you're going to penalize Jeremy Grant for that? Now, if the money was the exact same for me, I would have gone back to Denver. But I'm not Jeremy Grant. I'm not going to say that Jeremy Grant made a bad mistake and made a, and made a terrible decision off of one preseason game. I'm just not. But what I am going to do is tell you about our good friends over at Headspace. Headspace is an amazing app that you need to download right now. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances, but 2020 has changed and challenged even the most difficult of times of your life. You need stress relief, and that goes beyond just quick fixes. That's where Headspace comes in. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditation in easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically verified research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really can really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need to fall asleep, Headspace has a wind-down session that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace can even provide morning meditations that you can do with your children. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I have trouble falling asleep, so I use Headspace to help me unwind and to help me go to sleep just like that. It is great to use. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is the medication made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA, headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every single situation. This is the best deal offered right now, so go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today and check them out. This is Jake from Locked On. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. L-E-S. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. And if you leave a question inside that review, I will answer it on the podcast. But I do want to tell you after this podcast is over to head on over to Locked On NBA. It is a podcast every single day about the NBA, but this week it's a very special week of shows that's going to preview every single team, team by team, with all of our local experts, myself included, covering the Thunder Plus, it'll have waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. And it'll have rookies to watch for in the draft guide from draft guru, Chad Ford. It'll also have coverage from rejecting the screen, predicting each division, division by division. So check them out. Locked On NBA, right after the conclusion of this podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. So I want to wrap this show up with some news and notes from around the NBA. And I want to start with the regional sports networks. And that's, for those of you that, that, that aren't aware, you know, Fox Sports Oklahoma, Fox Sports Southwest, common around these parts, you know, Fox Sports Kansas City, whatever it may be, the Fox-owned regional networks right now are in dispute with literally every single TV carrier and provider that's not named DirecTV or AT&T now. For me, I have DirecTV so I can watch these games, but for a vast majority of people in Oklahoma, you cannot watch the Thunder this year. You just can't do it. Unless they have a, a contract agreed to by next week, as of right now, you literally cannot watch your favorite team play. Because they're not on national TV at all, unless you have NBA TV, which is a which is a add-on to a, a basic package. Unless you have NBA TV for that one game that they're on NBA TV against, against the Sixers. Unless you have basic cable, direct TV, or AT&T now. That's the only ways that you can watch this team play if you're from Oklahoma and if you live in Oklahoma. Because you cannot go to games right now. You cannot watch them nationally. And even if you bought League Pass, you're blacked out from the Thunder. So if you live in Oklahoma, you cannot have access to this team. Most of you listening next week will not be able to watch the game. Most of you listening on Wednesday Cannot watch the game on TV, but I, I will say for the preseason, I still believe, and I'll try to get this verified, but I still believe that for each preseason game, you can still watch them on the app and on the website, Thunder.com. Uh, I think that they had the Saturday exclusive, but they're going to simulcast these next two games, but, but I could be mistaken. I really could. So don't take that as just gospel, but I do think that that's the case, but we'll see. So bottom line is, most of you do not have access to, to 
Fox, Oklahoma, the Fox Sports, Oklahoma. And I think if you're a Dish subscriber, like if you've, if you've had Dish, you haven't had them since 2018, if I'm not mistaken. You haven't had Fox Sports, Oklahoma since 2018. And, and I know about all the ways to get around it. I know that there's some illegal streams out there. I know that, you know, maybe a VPN could work with League Pass, although I don't know if League Pass lets you use a VPN or not. I've never tried it. I, I know that MLB TV does, but I don't, know if, I don't know if League Pass will. But the bottom line is, it is extremely hard right now, and you have to jump through so many hoops right now, to simply watch this Thunder team this season. If you don't have AT&T now, basic cable or DirecTV. And I think that the regional sport networks are going to cross the line and have crossed the line. Because the only reason that this league is coming back right now, you heard it from Al Horford. Al Horford prepared for this year to start way later. Prepared for this year to start in January or February. Prepared for this year to not start December 22nd. But the reason that they're doing this is because of the TV contracts. And so when over half your audience cannot watch the games, the TV audience will suffer. Are you going to still be as interested in the Thunder if you just simply cannot watch them? I hope that you will be. But that's a big hurdle to climb. If your only way of seeing this team is through YouTube highlights or Twitter conversations or whatever it may be, if that's your only way to consume this team or this podcast, uh, I hope that you'll still feel strongly about them and still support them. But eventually that'll weigh on you and that'll wear you down and you'll find other outlets to, to seek out. You just will. Now, some of you won't. Some of you are just diehard NBA fans, and I love that. You're the reason why this podcast continues to grow and grow and grow, even while there's no basketball being played. But this is a big danger for the league. And here's what I think. I think that the regional sports networks have crossed the line to where as soon as this deal is done, right, as soon as Fox Sports does not own the rights rights to the Thunder or the Mavericks or whoever, and that's an important clarification, this is not a Thunder problem. So don't hit up the Thunder. Don't hit up, you know, Sam Presti or Clay Bennett. Don't hit up any of those people. This is not a Thunder problem. This is an NBA and Sinclair problem. Every single team who has a Fox Sports partnership, the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Thunder, whomever, they're taken off of those platforms. So this is a Sinclair problem and a TV partner and a TV provider problem, not a Thunder problem. I want to make that very clear. So I think that at the end of the day, these leagues are going to get smarter about this and say, you know what? We already have the capacity at NBA League Pass. Let's make NBA League Pass the only way to watch the NBA on a day-to-day basis. Now, you still have ESPN. You still have TNT. You still have ABC. You have all that, that good stuff. But in terms of the day-in, day-out, 1-82 to 82 games, in terms of all of that, right, let's make it all on NBA League Pass. And let's just cut out the blackouts. So even if you're in Oklahoma, you can watch the Thunder on League Pass and let's just cut out Fox Sports. Let's cut out all these other regional networks. Because in my opinion, if you're not providing the service that you've signed up for, if you're alienating half of your audience or more and half of your fan base or more, what good have they done for you? And these networks, these networks have held these TV providers hostage. And and it's really just only hurt the fans at the end of the day. And it's hurt the league's opportunity to grow. Once again, how invested in this team are you going to be as this rebuild gets into high gear and you see zero national TV games per year and right now you can't go to games and right now also it's not advised, it's it's ill-advised to head to bars or head to restaurants to watch the game. You literally have no access outside of YouTube and Twitter to games. 
or if you want to go the risky route of illegal streams and maybe get a virus in your computer or again, break the law with illegal streams, you can go that route. I've never done that. I would not encourage that route, but you know, those are your options here. This is an NBA problem that they have to solve. And I think that the way to solve it is turning NBA league pass into the way you watch games, MLB.tv, turning that into the way you watch games. Turning NFL Sunday Ticket, taking it off of DirecTV and just making it the NFL-owned NFL Sunday Ticket, turning that into the only way you watch games. And going that route, that way the league is in control of who sees their product. Because no one should have to worry. If you're, if you're interested in the NBA, you should be able to watch the NBA. If, if you want to watch the Thunder, you should be encouraged to watch the Thunder. And right now you can't do it. But that's my take on the RSN fiasco that eventually they're going to go the way of the dodo bird, but we'll see if I'm right or not in a couple years. I mean, this will be five, six years down the line as these contracts expire, but we'll see. I want to talk about James Harden and this idea. Uh, so James Harden, if you don't know, is wanting out of Houston. And so today we found out that it went from he preferred John Wall to now he's unmoved by the John Wall edition and he still wants out of Houston. He did not like the John Wall edition, whatever the case may be, the verbiage is, he's unmoved by it. And so there's this theory out there, which I first saw from Jackson Gatlin, who hosts Locked On Rockets, and he's a fantastic host of Locked On Rockets. He does a great job. He threw this out there as kind of a joke uh, a week ago, two weeks ago even, whenever this trade first happened. What if John Wall is only in Houston because James Harden demanded that, not because James Harden wants to play with, with John Wall, but because Russell Westbrook wanted to go to Washington and wanted to go be with Scott Brooks, or Scotty as he calls him, wanted to go be with Scott Brooks, wanted to go play with Brother Beal. What if that's the only reason that this trade got made? Is because Harden demanded it to help out his brother, Russell Westbrook. That's an interesting aspect of all of this as we find out now, as we find out now that Wall, uh, that you know, Harden did not really want Wall in terms of a basketball fit. But I want to give my final take on this, and we will not talk about James Harden again until he's actually moved. Uh, but will he be moved by the start of the season next week? I'm leaning towards yes. I, I know he's going to play in the game today, in the preseason game today. I know all of that. I know that he had a good practice today, et cetera, et cetera. But I just think that there's just some bridges that he burned to where this trade gets done by Tuesday. And maybe that's too close, and maybe it won't happen. The reason I'm even waffling at this is because I look at the Ben Simmons package, and I think that if I'm Philadelphia, I'm okay with swapping Simmons for Harden in a vacuum. But if I'm Philadelphia, I look at it this way. I can always make that move. The Rockets are not going to cave, I don't think, and accept that, that Brooklyn offer. So if I really believe that Houston will not take that Brooklyn offer, I can always have the upper hand if I'm offering Ben Simmons. So I would love to see what Philadelphia does with Doc Rivers now, who has already talked about running more pick and roll with Simmons and Embiid, which I think would be fantastic. I want to see what Simmons can do with Seth Curry as an option for him as he drives and kicks. I want to see this new Sixers team to where if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm not going to move mountains for, for James Harden right now I might at the deadline, I might in a month, I might, I might in three weeks, but I'm not going to do it right now. I want to see what Simmons and Embiid can do together in Philadelphia because I just feel like you're always going to have that option. But I'm back and forth on this. One minute, I think he is not going to be traded. Harden will not be by the season. The next minute, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's obviously gone by the season. I am so back and forth on this. I have no clear direction. I have changed my answer to this 
five times today alone. So let me know what you think on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And this is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do not forget, on Wednesday's show, we have a very special episode talking about the bets this season, prop bets, over-unders, all that fun stuff, as well as previewing the Bulls series. On Thursday, we're going to recap the Bulls game, give our final roster projection. On Friday, we're going to preview the Bulls' second game and dive into the final preseason tune-up, as well as so much more, including NBA previews, Thunder season previews with great guests, all of that good stuff. This is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.